0: This is firefighter Raphael Porriette reminding you that every day a portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami Reuben, loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. possibly do two things at once especially doing a podcast that is
1: i've turned off all my messages i
0: cannot do it i try but i can't uh so anyway my name is jesse starcher you this is source material and tonight this evening tonight this evening (laughs) tonight (laughs) tonight this evening tonight this evening uh tonight we are going to be tonight my wife has a hairy thing. a hairy (laughs) thing. She won't by early morning. Uh, (laughs) So look forward to that on the metal (laughs) hammer of doom sometime soon. All right. So this evening we're going to be discussing. A book that came out in 2013. Actually, I think it was a series of web comics originally, or at least that's the way it's formatted when I read it so far. I know you have the trade there, Mark, but uh, no. Originally, it, I read
1: it. All. I read it as a web comic. I used to. Did you
0: really? Them. Oh yep. my goodness! I downloaded
1: them to my Kindle. It was the only comic I read on a weekly basis. No kidding.
0: So we're talking Injustice, uh, Gods Among Us. So this is a comic book that came out as a prequel to a game that was created by the guys that made mortal Kombat. all right so let's let's start first with the game because that came out and according to the the wiki here released in april of 2013 now mark do you have have you played the game i have uh took me two
1: attempts to finally you know be able to get it on a playstation on a um xbox that worked but eventually I had the game, I had an Xbox that worked, it all it all finally came together for me. <laughs> and I and I played through the story mode and I actually finally beat the thing after you know playing it for a while. Jesse Starcher. Mark Radish. This was back when I had an
0: office. Oh, an office. Yep.
1: Yeah, before my son was born, before we ran out of rooms in my house, I used to have my very own playroom. My very own office. I had a TV with an Xbox. I had my computer. I had a place to go to to get away from the family. Where are my own little man cave. I do my podcasting there. I do my video gaming there. And then in 2014, my son <laughs> was born and I lost. My room. I lost my, my office.
0: Now, I got to ask, what happened? Did it become like a toy room or, or what no, It became
1: his room. We only have a, a three bedroom oh, house.
0: Okay. All right. So that it was actually and this made was, into a bedroom.
1: Yeah. And this was Florida. We don't have basements in Florida. A basement in Florida means you're swimming with the alligators. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hanging out down there with the fishes. That's right. Well, uh, yeah. the uh, yeah, I, I totally identify with the whole... I mean, that, I, when Caleb came around, there was a very... I would say at least a couple years that passed where there was no game playing going on. Really? Um, I think maybe for, you know, while Caleb couldn't crawl around, uh, I played a little bit. I remember playing modern warfare too, when he was a baby. And then shortly after that, as soon as he was able to crawl around, it was like, okay, all cords, all game systems are now going to be put up. Yeah. Uh, and then of course he got older and I gave him a little bit of a taste of a game. And then it was, Uh, you know daddy i want to play i want to play i want to play and of course to 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 this day he's eight years old now and he wants to play video games a lot now that's a bad habit don't
1: yes follow my lead let me uh let me tell you something we got my son a fire stick for the tv that he's getting now it's it's my old tv it's my old gaming tv but uh it's a dumb tv it's not a smart tv Mm -hmm. um you know something cheap that i bought that i could you know plug my xbox into you know, it's for a while it's just kind of been sitting on my table collecting dust because I wasn't doing anything with it. Well, we decided for his birthday, we're gonna mount it on the wall and we were either gonna get a new Apple TV and then let him have the old one, or I was like, you know what, let's save some money. I, I mean it's kind of six and one, half a dozen of the other, but the fire stick is only thirty bucks. Yeah. So we got him a fire stick. I'm um, you know, I'm putting on Netflix for him and Hulu and all this other stuff that he would watch in his sister's room. So I'm like, okay, buddy, now you can now you can watch TV in your room. Hey, wait a minute. There's games on this? Fuck me and the goddess. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you smarty kid, you. He's, uh, he's, uh, he, he wasn't having none of Netflix or Hulu or nothing. He wanted to play video games, and video games is all he wanted to play.
0: Oh, boy. My goodness. We have the Roku. The Roku 3 came with one trial game. Well, actually, I think it has Angry Birds on it. But it does, you can also download a trial of Tetris. Now, the Roku remote is, it's interesting. It's almost like a Wii remote Mm -hmm. where it does have a little bit of motion sensitivity to it, but you can turn it sideways and it looks like a damn um, uh, Nintendo controller with the up, down, left, right, and a V-A. Uh, so you can play Tetris. Uh, we didn't buy the actual copy, but uh, you can play like I don't know five levels of Tetris, and then the demo's over with. Well, you know, as soon as the kids figured that out, they were like, "I'm gonna play Tetris. i want to play Tetris." Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, man, it's once you get them started, it's 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 hard to it's hard to stop them. I mean, just before we went to bed tonight, or the kids went to bed, I uh, <laughs> we, <Dad>. we <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> bed in quotes because they'll be down here at some point. But Colton was playing Minecraft. Uh, on on the Xbox One, so and that that has become a challenge as well. When you got two kids that want to play the same game system, oh boy, it's like a whole, <laughs> writing a whole damn you, you uh, got like write articles of the Confederation or some bullshit. I, I mean, was gonna say
1: like that. <laughs> there's a lot of punching that goes on. <laughs> it's
0: like, that was I was in the sunroom a couple days ago, and I hear Caleb going. Now Caleb's eight years old. Colton's four years old, and Caleb's just yelling, "Dad!" And I come running in there. Colton won't stop hitting me. And then Colton looks at me. He goes, I want to play the Xbox. <laughs> I was like, can we just, can we just, okay, 10 minutes. Yeah, So it, it becomes, it becomes a struggle. Well, okay. So my next question. Yes, sir. Uh, Injustice gods among us. Did you play the game first, then read the comic? Cause it looks like I had to do a little bit of digging to find out which came first, because i read the comic first, then played the game second. So I thought the comic came first.
1: No, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a game based on the mortal comment, mortal combat engine. And then um, out of the popularity of the game came the comic.
0: Okay. Now, did you play the game first and then read the comic or vice versa? I,
1: I don't remember the order that I did any of this in. I do feel like, though, that I'm more familiar with the comic book than I am the game. Okay. So I have sat and watched with my kids both the Injustice and Injustice Two, and you know all the cutscenes edited together as one long movie.
0: Oh, on YouTube. Yeah. Nice. My, my daughter and
1: I actually sat down and watched because she she thought the Injustice Two one was great. She she loved it.
0: Yeah. YouTube's YouTube's great for that. There is a Back to the Future Telltale game. If you watch it, it's pretty much one big long continuation off of the uh, off of the series. Uh, and tells a great story. It's seven hours long. I mean, I, I still haven't sat down and watched all of it to this day, but that's what YouTube's great for. You, you can't buy the game? Well, that's fine. Just go watch what happens in it, especially a good game that tells a uh, tells a great story. And in this particular case, I think we have a winner when it comes to uh, story storyline, especially for a prequel to a video game. Usually you don't see too many great Stories being told about video game properties. Well, we just talked about Tomb Raider and we walked out of that after we read it like, uh, okay, well, you know, I'm not really too interested in seeing what's going to happen. And I think Injustice may have may have even come up on that podcast. Where we were like, okay, yeah, we want to read what's going to happen next. Tomb Raider, it wasn't the case, really. So, injustice kind of stands out there for me, really being one of the few times you see comic book, uh, a comic book company grab a hold of comic book characters and tell a great story to promote or at least jump off of a video game property.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the, the whole, in, I know Injustice is really just a long setup so that you can have the characters beat the shit out of each other.
0: Uh, yes, you got that. <laughs> and and that's one thing that fighting games usually lack is like, well, why is everybody beating everybody up? Mortal Kombat was, well, that made sense because it was Mortal Kombat. Everybody was pitted against each other for something. But you just didn't have a, a great storyline to drive the action that was happening in front of you. Kind of like Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if you watched any of that. Nope. But, okay. Well, when you have a Dragon Ball, a Dragon Ball Z storyline or when you have a Dragon Ball Z game and you've watched the cartoon, there's no there's no reason why Goku should be fighting one of his best friends in the fighting game itself, because on screen they've always been friends. I think this does a great job to kind of drive that forward so we can watch the uh, feel good.
1: Go ahead. Whoever came up with the storyline for this really, really understood Superman.
0: Yes, like
1: to a T better than I think any a lot of writers do I mean I know there's been a lot of debate on this show and amongst our circle of internet buddies about you know the various interpretations of Superman this I think is the best one and I'll I'll tell you why because we're used to we're not used to seeing Superman necessarily in this way
0: oh no yeah you're right where
1: where he's lost everything Mm -hmm. I mean he's been killed he sacrificed himself you know he's been in danger but he's never lost Jimmy Olsen Lois Lane and all of metropolis you know in one foul swoop yep and it's like every action that he takes makes sense for that character Uh that's the one thing i loved about injustice was you know they really took a hard look at superman and said what happens if he loses oh yeah what happens if he can't save the ones he loves what would he do how would he react I mean, this is the ultimate like DC what if story.
0: It is. This is uh, this is a prime example of an Elseworlds tale that was told. I mean, not under the Elseworlds umbrella. Uh, Tom Taylor, by the way, is the writer of this. The, the, at least the first six issues that we're going to read. I don't know if he's stuck. On, if he's still writing it, I know we're up to like Injustice Year Five, but tonight we're talking Injustice Year One, like the first six issues in that trade. Uh, but Tom Taylor, I remember when I first read this book, <laughs> and I, I think I was, I've read up to like issue six or seven, and I was, I was so impressed with what I read. I I took to Twitter. I don't do that normally, but I went to Twitter and I found Tom Taylor and I sent him a message. I said, you know, I I just want to tell you that this is some of the best stuff I've read in a while. And it's not, you know, it's not like superbly well written stuff to where, uh, you know, it's going to put Alan Moore on a run for his money. Just like you said, this is somebody who understands the character and understands the environment in which he's got to try and give us a basis of a fighting game. Not only that, but a fighting game that is made by the creators of Mortal Kombat. So, you know, there's going to be blood. You know, there's going to be guts. There's going to be most likely fatalities. It was a great job by Tom Taylor to write to write this out. Um, and we'll talk about that more as we get into it.
1: know I, I focused on Superman because it's kind of his story, but everybody else that has some decisions to make in the story, I felt like the, the, the writers not only understood Superman but really understood all of the characters in this, from Batman. I mean Batman's an easy one. yeah you know, Batman's always gonna be kind of the moral compass of the the DC universe which is kind of weird for a you know brooding ninja but you know like Wonder Woman, the steps that she takes. You know, Flash being conflicted, Green, you know, all of the people that took Superman's side, with the possible exception of Damian Wayne, I, I saw the good in what Superman was doing and then found themselves kind of in over their head when he went too far. Yep, yeah. Um I mean, Wonder Woman. I, I think was stood by his side the entire time was like, you know, Wonder Woman was kind of like his conscience. It was a basically, you know, she was saying, you know, don't, don't second guess yourself. This <sighs> is what should have been done all along. You know, which is more of the Damian Wayne philosophy of we should have been killing these people from the start. But I mean, like Flash and Green Lantern, you know, their their initial reason for joining Superman was they thought, you know, ending crime was a good thing. I mean, for the the superheroes for the you know, and he wasn't necessarily killing anyone. You know, and it's just like by the time they realized they had chosen the wrong side, it was way too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I want to talk about the Joker really quick. I know we're going to talk about this when we actually talk about the story. But it to me, that it was a brilliant choice to make the Joker decide, I'm going to fuck with Superman because I'm bored with Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he became fun and easy. And it was, you know, and we'll get a little bit more into this when we talk about the story. But the Joker being willing to be murdered by Superman just to prove a point was to me brilliant.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. So we'll, we'll break this down. And I want to talk about, I, I can't wait to talk about what, what we saw happen okay. between Superman and Joker. Go ahead. Let's let's th- let
1: the most important thing you should get out of this book is that nobody should have to justify a fake mustache.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So, uh, yeah, Tom Taylor, the writer. And then we have what I think the wiki calls a rotating team of artists, including Jeremy Rapak. David Yarden, Mike S. Miller, and Tom Derenick. Okay,
1: Easy for you to say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, ha- I take issue. There's one panel, and I might—I don't have this in any of my notes, but David Yarden drew this Batman panel, and you probably know what I'm talking about if I describe it. That there's Batman, and he's punching like the shit out of a wooden thing to, his, or or a heavy bag or something. His his knuckles are all bloody, but his face looks like the freaking face that Arnold Schwarzenegger made when he was on Mars and the air was being sucked out. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened. But that was probably one of the most – I listen, the guy draws light years ahead of me, but that face, I don't know how that even made it past somebody going, Uh, that doesn't look right. But <laughs> – So there's a rotating, you you can tell that throughout the art style of the whole book. You you can tell one issue is done by somebody else. The art is not that great when it comes to what I think they were planning on doing. I don't think DC had that much faith initially as to how well this was going to do. So they threw, probably threw some, I would say, inexperienced artists on here. I could be wrong, but I've not heard of a single one of these guys. The art style was kind of rough like it was done weekly i believe right uh, initially wasn't it weekly yeah. that they were releasing these things?
1: i believe so or like bi-weekly yeah they
0: were very short um and you can tell that that's it was just kind of like all right here we go Boom, quick as possible and put it out there but either either way uh let's go ahead we'll get into the story here so superman the big blue boy scout is an unwitting pawn in a plot thought up by the evil Batman villain the Joker. Using Scarecrow's fear gas mixed with kryptonite, Joker tricks Superman into killing his own wife an unborn child and a trigger attached to Lois Lane's vitals ignites a nuclear warhead that destroys metropolis like you do. Oh my gosh, man. Uh, This enrages Superman to where he becomes uh, somewhat of a, I wouldn't call him a dictator, a world dictator, but
1: no, we're not there yet.
0: No, no, we're not. You know, it may, it, It it, 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 he believes that something has to change and he's the man to do it. Uh, So he has a goal of using himself and other superheroes from the Justice League to put an end to violence and, and force world peace. For all the good that Superman can do, Batman believes this cannot end well and begins to put efforts together to attempt to avert his fears from becoming reality. But with each day that passes each crisis that Superman and others squash, Batman understands he is going to have to make a tough decision near the end of the six issues with the aid of the U S government, Batman is attempting to put a team together to face off with Superman. Uh, So that's kind of, like I said, that's six issues. In a very, very small nutshell. Uh, so let's go ahead and let's talk about Superman because I, I want to get that out of the way first. That's the that's the whole, I mean, really, just like you said, he is the, the main uh, attraction when it comes to the story. Let's talk about what pushed him over the edge. I, I glazed over it with the fact that Joker kidnaps Lois Lane, attaches a bomb into her chest, And then when Superman finds her, Joker's right there, just operated on Lois Lane. Joker activates this uh, this uh, this this gas, the Scarecrow fear toxin, and it's laced with kryptonite, so it it definitely has an effect on Superman. Superman looks up and sees Doomsday hovering above him, and proceeds to like just go to battle with this guy. Uh, And now here, Mark, I mean, I'm
1: doesn't just go to battle; he launches him into fucking.
0: <laughs> he does. He him and he's like, he's like grabbing him, and, and there, there's a battle going on. Joker walks out of there and Batman's trying to figure out what the hell he did. Uh, Harley's there by the way, by the way. Uh, but yes, so up in space shortly afterwards, you know, I I think Joker makes some kind of a comment to Batman about, uh, I think there's something to do with the bomb or whatever. But anyway, I guess he says something like, you know, Metropolis won't be there once, you know, if she dies. And at that point, that's when Batman realizes that Superman is not actually battling doomsday. He's beating the ever loving shit out of his wife. And then they
1: launched her into space. (laughs)
0: well. grabs her and takes her up into space and she dies Uh, not only that I mean just like we said the first issue is Superman finding out that he's going to be a dad and just the joy that he is experiencing, understanding that he's going to be a father. And I mean, he goes through all these motions, e- emotions and motions at the beginning, like trying to figure out who's going to watch the kid. And, and you know, what do, what, what do we got to do? Who's going to be this and who's going to be that? And he even approaches Batman and asks him to be the godfather uh, of his child. And then he kills her unwittingly and unknowingly. Uh, and the Joker had wired a trigger of some sort into her body. And when she died, it, it exploded. Uh, it, it, it exploded Metropolis and this wiped Metropolis pretty much off the planet.
1: Well, again, it's very consistent with the Joker's character of every time I go up against you, I lose. So fuck it. I'll go. I'll pick on somebody who isn't nearly as smart as you. And I, And that's the funny thing about Superman is, you know, Superman's supposed to have this. Genius level intellect by by virtue of being a, a Kryptonian, you know, because things so, come so easy to him. He doesn't have to worry either. There are certain things that, that teach you and educate you in life you know, in as far as, you know, you learn not to touch a hot stove, right? There's there just some uh, experiential uh, events in your life that teach you that Superman really hasn't had to go through because he's invulnerable. Mm hmm. And he's used to just being able to solve things by punching through them. You know, when when you look at the, the byline on uh, Batman, it's always the world's greatest detective. And where did he when you think about the origins of Batman and Superman, not their storybook origins, but I mean their their print origins. Batman was a character of detective comics. Before they made him a ninja and all this other nonsense. <laughs> yeah. You know, Batman was a guy uh, who, you know, would hide in the shadows and solve mysteries. Uh, it, it, he's evolved from there. But to a degree, that's still that's still kind of his shtick. Superman came out of action comics. He was stopping bank robberies. And so I think Joker finally comes to the realization that, you know what? Batman's always going to be one step ahead of me. Uh, they, to the, they made fun of this in the Batman Lego movie, for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. They almost said those exact words. You know, that's probably why they're cracked <laughs> in my head. I just mm-hmm. watched, I just watched it Jonas. But, you know, Joker got tired of being uh, of not being able to outwit Batman. But then he takes on this dullard, you know, and he manipulates him into doing exactly what he wanted him to. Your heart breaks for Superman on the one hand. On the other hand, you're like, wow, you're an idiot. <laughs> 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 I mean, I granted, the fear toxin, you know, did a lot of its work in that situation. But it was like, you know, if you look at the panel of Superman, you know, seeing Doomsday for the first time, it, you know, it's it's great and everything. But the best part of that entire thing is Joker and Harley standing in the background. And, you know, so it's like, no, Lois, the baby. And Harley's like, baby. And then you hear Joker in the background going, here we go. Oh, wow. And Superman is charging at Doomsday. And, you know, and he's launching and Doomsday is actually Lois Lane. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's launching her into space and you just see Choker looking at it going, time to go. You know? Dude, that, that went exactly how he wanted <clears throat>
0: I think the the first shocking moment of this book was the reveal of what he did to his wife.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, when he finds out that that's Lois, I knew right here that I was reading a book that I was you know, I was probably going to enjoy. Just because okay, that took me by surprise. Good job. If this if this stay if this keeps up, then we're this is going to be a story I like, and it doesn't let off after this.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the panel goes like this, and then two hearts coming from one person. It's Lois. And you see uh. Superman. You know she's just floating out there in space, freezing and dying. And then there's you know Superman, mouth agape, and he's like, and then again in the next page, it's Lois and then the continuation of his thought bubble stop beating and then the warhead goes off and the Joker goes boom oh. and Metropolis goes up in smoke and it's so funny because the next panel you see them all you, you see them all just sort of standing there helpless and you know and, and Harley's leaning on Joker like oh isn't it beautiful
0: and I can't remember if it's there or if it's shortly before that when Joker like looks at Batman and says did you know she was pregnant and, and I mean I was like fucking ass <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you hate the Joker at that point. You right. hate him just for what happened there. Um, okay, so that's that's moment number one uh, with Superman there. Now, the next moment is clearly when, uh, I think, I don't know if that happens in the next issue or the issue after that. but It
1: happens in issue two. Issue two. In front of me.
0: <laughs> where uh, now... I think Batman's got um, Batman's got the Joker at like Arkham or he's got him somewhere. He's got him detained and he's sitting there talking to him about what was going on. And Superman has decided after grieving uh, over his slain wife that he needs to talk to the Joker. Well, not exactly. He's not exactly going to talk. To-
1: Hang on. I got I got to read this because it's so good. I mean, the, the it's it's a sad shame that the Joker doesn't last long in this story because he's so great. Yeah. OK, what do you, someone took it all away from you once, too, didn't they? Bats and look what you became an all punching, all kicking little ball of angst. What do you think Superman will become? He's a god who has deluded himself into believing he's a man. What will he turn into? And then Batman, you know, naively maybe says, there are some things even you can't corrupt, Joker. Yeah. At, which point, <laughs> at which point Superman flies in through the wall <laughs> and Joker, who's the smartest being out of all of them, goes, you're Patsy, you're so cute. And then he goes on and says, you honestly think your friend will still be fun to play with? He will grieve, but he will stay one of the best I know. Meanwhile, Superman's yes. like throwing a table. No, I think it's going to be a whole lot funnier than that, at which point Superman t- fucking temple of dooms him.
0: <laughs> Sticks his hand straight up through his chest. Mm-hmm. Dude, right here where you were talking about Batman and, and what he was saying, like no, this is you know he, he's better than that. Superman's better than that. He's not going to he, he's not going to go to the extreme you think he's going to go to. That is the collective thought of everybody that's read a Superman comic for years
1: he's incorruptible
0: he is incorruptible he is somebody that will he's infallible nobody he's not going to take a life that's not superman he's too much of a boy scout to do something like that the joker did it (laughs) the joker (laughs) fucking did it and he did it the it.
1: the joker sees into men's souls that's his whole thing it's like he doesn't the joker doesn't necessarily have a superpower but he's so smart and and it's and it doesn't matter what happens to him. So That was part of the, what was great about Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker and the way that he was written in The Dark Knight. It's like it doesn't matter what you do to me. This is about what this is about what I'm doing to you. Yeah. This is about corrupting Harvey. You know, that was the that you know, that was what the movie was about. It was, you know, can we take this white knight and bring him down to our level? That literally says that in the movie. You know, and now it's the same concept here in Injustice. It's here is this man who stands upon a hill, you know, he's he's the the symbol of truth, justice, and the American way. What if I what if he's not though? What if deep inside there's this thing that within him that if you let it out, becomes this monster? you know let's see so let so let me go about all the machinations of letting out the monster and let's see what the monster does that's one of the things i love about the joker why like i'm really obsessed with his character because like this is this is a guy who like this isn't about robbing banks but this isn't about baby dark side either and collapsing the universe and all that stuff this is seeing what will people do what will you do if i tweak your nipple yeah what will you what will you do if i tickle your sack a little bit (laughs) you know how you gonna react you know, And he's and he's willing to take whatever come up and s- comes his way just to see what you'll do. I love that about him.
0: Yeah. Ruthless, ruthless, chaotic. That's the Joker all over. And he's finally pushed Superman to the brink. And Superman, he didn't just fall over it. He fucking jumped off. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, he, it, he he's a man unhinged at this point. I mean, he's not going through I mean, if he was a man unhinged, I guess I would say he would be ripping the Joker clean apart. But putting a man putting your hand through a man's chest is, is close enough. I, I think it really like the next issue, I I believe, is where Superman is surrounded by a bunch of TVs and he it's it has to be like shortly thereafter. If it's not thereafter, it's like two or three days after because he's got stubble on his face. But one thing, you know, for certain is that he hasn't he hasn't even showered Mm -hmm. because he's got the blood is still stained on his arm from the Joker. And he's just laying there and he's probably in mourning uh, and he's trying to figure out what the fuck he just did uh, and what he's going to do from here on out. And I think that's the the next point I want to get to which is what made him to decide to pretty much become a savior of all to all humanity. Uh, It wasn't that big of an event. It was just him sitting there listening to the news coverage. I think they spoke about what happened with him at first. And then they just kind of quickly switch over to another news story where there's like some bombing going on in a different country. And it's like something clicks at him right there. And he decides to get up. And he flies off, and he stops this dictator from uh, bombing the, his his own citizens. Uh, and he says, no more. That's not going to happen.
1: You know what I was thinking about as you were describing it? I was thinking about Iron Man. So Iron Man sort of lives in this world where he's selling weapons and he's making money and he's banging broads. And, it, you know, it's the life of Riley. And then he gets captured and he has to fight his way out and he builds the Iron Man suit. But, you know, once he perfects the Iron Man suit, what does he do? He immediately goes into like a war zone and just decides just unilaterally he's going to stop it. Yeah. You know, and doesn't think about, you know, thinks he's doing a great thing, but never thinks about the greater consequence of interfering in somebody else's war and somebody else's fight. You know, and for a while there, I don't know if it's that I know in um, Dawn of Justice, they make a point of saying that, you know, Superman interfered in what was going on in Africa. And then he leaves and the warlord slaughtered everybody. And it was, you know, it was like he doesn't, you know, and so that's one of the things I I liked about Dawn of Justice. You know, they asked the question when Superman interferes in the affairs of, of others with naively thinking he's doing universal good, but not being there for the consequences of his actions when he finally leaves and, you know, and, and. There's something to fill that void. I mean, it's it's I don't I don't want to get off too much on a tangent here, but you know, we took down Saddam Hussein. And never really thought about what was going to replace him.
0: Yeah. The default problem with Superman being all invulnerable, whatever, super speed, whatever, he's one person. Mm-hmm. So he shows up, does his, you know, does his civic duty by saving some people. But when he leaves to go do take care of the other 20 things that day, there's a vacuum that has to be filled. And usually the people who are already in power just go back to doing exactly what they were doing.
1: Yep. When so. the bombs stop dropping, people come out of their holes and resume what they were doing before you started Dropping bombs from drones.
0: Yeah. They fly over, they fly over. (laughs) They, they,
1: They fly over, they fly over. But it's so true to his character, though, isn't it? You know, I have to do something. I'm an all powerful, all seeing, all knowing God. And yet I couldn't stop myself from murdering my own wife and my unborn child and blowing up my city. I have to do something. I mean, when you think about some horrible things that have happened to you and you have that anxious feeling of not being able to sit in your own skin and all you want to do is run, you want to do something, you know, yeah. whether yeah, if you've had that if you've ever had that feeling before now imagine you're a superman mm-hmm. you can fly anywhere you can do anything imagine what kind of chaos you're going to cause
0: and not only that you you are trying to come to terms and you want to do something to make up for the horrible thing that you just did to your wife yeah. and unborn child <laughs> you know you 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 have that uh, you have that drive to be like okay uh, he undoubtedly feels horribly guilty about what happened, even though he wasn't in control. he had no <laughs> idea what he was doing. Yeah, this is a bad day. this is a bad day, and now he wants to try and make up for what he did and I you know I totally say, okay well yeah he's he's fucking superman he He should be able to go and and save everybody that's what you want to see. you want to see him save everybody, the multitudes of people because he has the power to do that. And again, this person understands Tom Taylor understands the the power that Superman has and the the, his guilt ridden soul and the intent to want to do good. Put those three things together. This is exactly where Superman would be. He would be saying, "Okay, I've got to go change the world. I have to do something to make things better. I'm still clearly on board. Nothing, nothing that has been written about Superman has made me go, "Okay, he is not going to act like that because i put myself in his shoes i'm i'm not invulnerable i'm i you know i don't have super speed i don't have laser vision but i understand the human emotion this guy's going through that makes the story all that more better now the, the next little thing i want to talk about just real quick in regards to superman uh, is uh, it's a small event but it's an an, it's an event nonetheless that puts superman at odds with our own government. I think it's the mirror master. I'm just going to, I believe it's the mirror master is tasked Mm -hmm. with uh, going in kidnapping
1: his parents,
0: uh, his parents. Yeah. Now I I was going to say, I think Jonathan's still alive in this universe, by the way. Uh, So anyway, Jonathan and Martha he gets kidnapped and he's kind of like, Hey, They tell Superman stay out of stay out of governmental affairs. This is their way of trying to talk Superman down. Stay out of governmental affairs, and your parents are going to be just fine. (laughs) That does not go so well for Mirror Master.
1: (laughs) That goes (laughs) poorly.
0: But not the the key thing here is that our government put him up to that. At least uh, that's my assumption, because there's a guy I think that's behind them, and it's it's either the president. I think Batman kind of confirms that later on Mm -hmm. down the line but yeah our government has put mirror master up to that and that's not exactly going to look good in the eyes of superman so superman he again he's flipped he he's he's flipped that switch so instead of what he may have looked at as a peaceful resolution and in, in, in this at some point and just backing down and saying okay look i understand where you guys are coming from i'll do it no he gets the justice league together they find mirror master he is able to rescue his parents well they thought it
1: was interesting you know that they they decided to write a thing in here where the president's like yeah let's let's kidnap the parents burn down the house and you know and say superman if you don't cut it out you're not gonna get your parents back what (laughs) (laughs) you didn't think this through did you
0: yeah this ain't gonna work well again they may be Hedging their bets that Superman is going to f-
1: I don't know I This was kind of the least believable thing about the book I mean I really really like Injustice I, I really really like Injustice Gods Among <laughs> Us Volume 1
0: You don't understand Tom Taylor You don't understand him <laughs> um,
1: That said I know this was stupid
0: Okay
1: alright the, the book is fine and, I, and again I get everyone's motivations And I kind of get what they're saying here with the president and everything I still thought it was like hey you know that Invulnerable being that we have no weapon in the world that can take down with the exception of kryptonite yeah let's kidnap his parents and see what he does
0: you know I don't know. I would assume maybe they know about kryptonite. Maybe they, don't. maybe they don't. Maybe they don't know. It's his weakness. So you do what any other government does. You kidnap the people they love in order to try and make them to bend their uh, will to your, towards yours. Yeah, absolutely. That happens to my family every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Son of a bitch. Here we go again. <laughs> Got to go. <laughs> Got to go rescue the kids. Once again, I have to go into the mirror universe
1: <laughs> and get my kids back from this stupid government.
0: All right, now we'll probably bring Superman back up here later, but uh, you know, as we go through the rest of these characters, damn you, Donald Trump. blame trump anything else you'd like to say anything sticks out to you about superman before we move on to i'm going to move on to batman next we
1: haven't really gotten to the best part of the book yet which is the assault on arkham which was led by superman who basically i mean superman and batman had had have a basically a philosophical debate that is carried out in the execution of joker and then the further uh dismantling of the rogues at arkham which is these people have hurt and murdered countless others, hundreds and hundreds of times. When you, when you collectively, between you know, like the Riddler and all these other, you know, the Penguin and all these other characters that are currently sitting in Arkham, there's restitution and rehabilitation. And then there's just some people you're never gonna reach. Yeah, so what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. <laughs> well, that's he gets it. the way
0: he gets it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it any more than you do, Jesse Spencer.
0: <laughs> Uh, you can thank the Guns N' Roses Blue album for me knowing that I don't need your Civil War sir that's right, <laughs> speaking of which.
1: But again, you you know, you know have Superman who's like, look, we allowed these people to live and we hoped that we could be a city on a hill and not just punish people but rehabilitate them and all they've done is kill people and now they've killed someone who's close to me, not to mention blown up an entire city. The, they have to go. We're done with this. And Batman's yeah. like, no, that's wrong. It's a very liberal versus conservative argument because you hear that all the time you know, you have half, half of the people in this country going, you know, death penalty and life imprisonment and don't give them anything and, you know, and, and on, 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 from one range to another, you have people in this country who would very much, because as long as it's not happening to them, think that, like, criminals should be tortured. Like, yeah. I mean, that's 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 our country for you. You know, there are people in this country who absolutely think, you know, that Superman is right in how he's thinking, which is the brilliance of this story. Exactly. That you as a human being, you as a modern somebody in 2018 can absolutely see superman's point of view there are people who's like yeah batman's a villain in injustice huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's batman and his stupid liberal naivete that allowed the joker to murder lois lane and everybody in metropolis that's an it, argument
0: you know that that point that well i think the flash is grabbing those rogues and taking them to um Take them to some other very big secure facility out of out of Arkham Asylum. Uh, and he's not ki- They're not killing them, so I don't want people thinking that you know Superman right here is grabbing these people and just taking them out. No, he's taking them to. Uh, a more secure facility because again they were getting out of arkham because you can't they weren't staying there they kept escaping i can identify with what superman's wanting to do here and why it's why it's important it's so crazy to see batman the dark brooding batman as the guy who you know he, he doesn't he he had a horse killing and just watched one of his best friends the guy that just asked him to be the godfather of his child murder a man right there that moment has turned him so at at arkham asylum batman has already not is not trusting superman and the justice league uh, as they've kind of some of the justice league i think all of the justice league at this time was behind superman uh so he there he's standing at odds arkham is not built to house these crazy criminals Uh, if you look at it on the outside it's just an old decrepit like i don't know mansion from the 1950s or something it's Mm -hmm. it's it's not i think they anticipated
1: super criminals like the riddler and the joker being and fucking
0: uh, solomon grundy born on the mondays down in the basement i mean (laughs) again that's when i see that i'm like well yeah superman's making the right decision here get them out of there get them into something that can house these Mm -hmm. these fucking criminals so let's go ahead and we'll get into batman uh, because okay. there's there's a couple spots, a couple things. Is, is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we get into?
1: Eventually, we have to come back to Nightwing dying because it's. Oh, part that,
0: well, it. that's happening. That that's my second point here on the Batman okay. thing. So, uh, let's talk about Batman's fear of of Clark and what he's what he's doing. Which is the main crux here between it's it's the philosophical debate between Batman and Superman. There's a large conversation that they have after Joker's been killed. Clark comes down there. Superman comes down there and faces Batman in the Batcave to where he you know, he says something along lines of one death to save millions. And then Batman says, well, it always starts with one.
1: Right. So let let me tell you something if this didn't have to end with a video game where the heroes are you know where Superman is the worldwide dictator and the heroes are fighting each other with doppelgangers from another dimension if they didn't have to write this with that end point in mind and they could just write the story yeah Batman would have solved this in like this was a this would have been a 12 issue limited series and you would and that would have been the end of it and Superman would have lost because yeah. in every scenario that's ever been written about Batman he always is one step ahead of Clark he always anticipates what his next move is and basically shuts him down. That was the funny part about to me about a lot of the debating, you know, with Batman v Superman. It was like, well, you know, all Superman has to do is like flick a finger and Bat- and Batman would be dead. Like, okay, but people then miss the point. They've made Batman like, you know, a, a super, like, you know, Mr. Fantastic level genius. He tends to anticipate what Superman does because Superman doesn't really think through what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just as an aside, if you ever get a chance to read it, we're probably not going to cover it on source material, but if you ever get a chance to read the trade paperback for Emperor Joker, that's another one where the Joker picks on Superman, and it's hilarious. The Joker okay. gets Mitzelplex's powers.
0: Oh no way!
1: And starts and just just rewrites the entire DNA of the world and screws with Superman in the process. It's hilarious. Oh it's wow! So, it's so good.
0: Mitzelplex is a fun character. He's always mm-hmm. been a pain in the ass of of Superman. So Joker getting those powers, yeah that that sounds like it'd be fun. Let's talk about the loss of Nightwing. Well, the loss of his sons, really, uh, mm-hmm. because <clears throat> we have like what two or three issues that kind of focus on. David Damien and Nightwing training each other. Damien Wayne is the son of Bruce Wayne. And I think Natalia is that was that her name? I want to call her Natalia. Uh,
1: Talia Agul.
0: Talia. Talia Agul. Uh, At least in our continuity. I assume it's the same over here. But anyway, he's 13 years old. He's the new Robin. And Nightwing, of course, was Dick. Was Dick Grayson? Is he Dick Grayson or
1: he is Nightwing is Dick Grayson, yes.
0: Okay, I'm all grown up.
1: Jason uh, Todd is Jason Todd is dead.
0: Jason Todd is dead. There's there's another there's another one I keep forgetting about is Tim Drake,
1: Tim Drake, who also apparently that was dead. Oh, well then.
0: So, <laughs> so anyway, Nightwing and Damien who are training each other in the in the uh Batcave, and Damien's this hot headed 13 year old uh who kind of sees from Superman's point of view here, and of course, Nightwing who's just know trying his best to teach damien and also be a backup for batman i guess you would say so anyway yeah the arkham asylum invasion happens they all head over there and there's some very unfortunate series of events that occur where damien who has always had a problem with his dad by the way really kind of stabs him in the back by finding the heroes first well i say finding superman wonder woman the rest of the justice league first and, and saying hey look he, dad's going here nightwing's going to be there at arkham asylum waiting on you guys so <sighs> bruce has to endure that betrayal uh, but not only that there is after the fisticuffs breakout uh, damien who's always been the hothead i think nightwing barks an order at him says go do this or go do that and damien
1: i got it right here Robin doesn't beat people once they're down. You're not Robin anymore. Stop telling me what to do. At which what he throws one of his weapons at him, one of his batons. It uh, hits him in the side of the head. He, knocked, he gets knocked unconscious. He falls straight down and his neck hits a rock and basically snaps and he dies. Mm. And
0: I think what really kind of made that whole thing bite, other than the fact that, yeah, we just watched Nightwing die, was when they were training, the same thing was happening. Like, he threw something at Nightwing, and Superman, I think, come in there and grabbed a hold of it when he was visiting down the Batcave, and Nightwing looked at him and says, don't worry, he tries that shit all the time. You know, Damien gets pissed, he gets hot-headed, and does something and lashes out. And, and these two are kind of like brothers. Not only that, these are kind of like Batman's sons. His real son and... <sighs> Nightwing grew up under the tutelage of Batman as Robin. So for that to happen in front of Batman, it has to be just tragic uh, for him to try and deal with the fact that he watches his own son unintentionally, completely unintentionally murder his other son. Uh, Now I don't know if this comes up later on down the line in the series. It may, I don't know, but it's, again, it's another one of those shocking moments where you're like, Oh, we just lost Nightwing. And I,
1: Well, that whole thing with Batman, I mean, those panels, you know, where he's he's cradling Nightwing in his arms and he's walking out the door with him. And on the one side is all the criminals. Just no one's fucking with Batman at this point. Everyone's like everyone realizes the weight of what's just happened.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, Batman's favorite son was just accidentally killed by his biological son. Whoops. And nobody is pressing Batman at this point. I mean, like, that, that was one of the things I wanted to say about this, about year one of Injustice. You know, Superman, Superman has a point of view. Batman has a point of view. And at this point, they're still kind of, it's still kind of a debate, you know, and they're still trying to get the other one to, to, to back down and lay off their point of view. You know, and you have people that are supporting Batman and you have people like Wonder Woman who are really pushing Superman to continue to, to, to do what you know they believe should have been done all along. That's the funny thing about this is that you is that you have this Justice League that's operated under this modus operandi. And now there's those who have been harboring this belief that th- that this is not the way they should have been doing business at all. That now is the time for change. You know, Wonder Woman is almost using the opportunity to shift things to, as as this story portrays, a belief she's always had. But again, like like I said, up till this point, there was still a way back. Yeah. You know, there was there was still this idea that we can what we can put the uh the genie back in the bottle again. Then Dick Grayson dies and it's kind of like nope, there's no turning back now. Superman kind of says because of your actions, Batman, the Joker lived long enough to fuck with me and my family and my city and took and take it all away. And now Batman is saying because of your actions, Clark, because of your actions, Superman, um my son is dead. Mhm. And at this point, too much has happened for either one of them to really turn back and say, we can fix this.
0: Yeah, I didn't have it written down here to cover, but there is a one of the shorts about Catwoman. Because every once in a while, they'll throw in like a focus like you were talking about with Flash. Mm -hmm. But the one with Catwoman where she runs into Superman, Superman catches her after she burgles a place. I said burgle. She (laughs) and he's talking to her and she's like, you guys can't like. Come together and and talk your your yeah, issues brothers, out.
1: Brothers fight. Yeah, just go talk to each other. Like you'd you'd rather fight Doomsday than actually have a conversation.
0: Exactly, exactly. So this was after I I think this was after was this after the the after he had gotten killed. I think it was, yeah. wasn't it?
1: Because so I think he was like he. I think he went to her. And it was like, Will you talk to Bruce for me. She's like, you talk
0: to him, you big fag. All <laughs> oh, the YouTubers, no comments, please. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's in the book. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that being in there, but we'll pretend to let's hope they haven't read the book. Now there's a few other ones. I want to kind of get your opinion on here. I've got a couple things to talk about and then we definitely want to talk about the running with Aquaman. I think that was an important part of the the
1: important part of the series. I so badly want to see like, well, this is what I wanted to say before I, I desperately want to see an injustice movie come to the screen just just to see, um, just, just to see those Aquaman scenes come to life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i also want to see a flashpoint movie just to see you know all of the amazons of Themyscira fight the uh, the atlanteans of um of atlantis oh you heard have you heard that there is going to be a flashpoint movie i have golly no this is the dc cinematic universe they were also going to do a batgirl movie uh directed by josh whedon until they decided they didn't
0: yeah yeah things change Quickly yes. on things a dime, change,
1: <laughs> things change a lot. <laughs> the Warner Brothers has like gone through two or three different presidents. The, the DC has gone through different presidents. At this point, if, if Shazam and Wonder Woman come out yeah. next year, I'll be surprised.
0: Yeah, I hear you. So we'll, we're going to save the little run-in with Aquaman here, at, probably towards the end. Let's talk about Wonder Woman. Give me your thoughts on Wonder Woman. You've already talked to us a little bit about her. What motivation. a rack on
1: her in this, huh?
0: How am I? (laughs) Boy,
1: I have to say the artists in this movie are like every single stereotype about comics. Look at the tits they draw on these women. Every last one of them.
0: This series legitimately could have come out at at mid nineties to late nineties. And it would have felt appropriate. You know, the, the spot where we were talking about the Arkham battle where I think Green Lantern or no, it's Nightwing. Nightwing looks at Superman and says, take care of Grundy, you know, unleash your frustrations. (laughs) And, He systematically, like, burns Grundy's hand off and then flies through his chest. Right. That's, dude, that harkens back to mid-90s image comics all the way. And then Mm. Batman, like, explodes his head. But Grundy's not dead, ladies and gentlemen. Grundy's fine. He's going to regenerate probably tomorrow. He regenerates new heads. Apparently, I had no idea that he was still that he could still be alive after something like that.
1: God, Gotham fucked up that character so
0: badly. Did they? They
1: had a good idea. They made Butch uh, Solomon Grundy and it was like, oh, good use of that character. Okay, great. And then they gave Butch's memories back.
0: (laughs) I have no idea who Butch is.
1: (laughs) Butch was a henchman for Fish Mooney. And then he became a henchman for the Penguin. Then Penguin cut off his hand and he fell in love with the, the sister of, I don't know, one of the villains from like season three or four or whatever. Um, they ended up becoming an item and eventually Barbara Gordon shot him in the head. And and then they dumped his body into like a toxic pond, and the toxic pond kept him alive, but turned him into Solomon Grundy. So for a while, born on a Monday, and for a while, like he he was operating as the Solomon Grundy we know and love, and it was it was fine. I'm like, oh, cool, good use of that character. It's a little too early. We don't even have a Batman yet, but sure, Solomon Grundy, let's do it. (laughs) You know, what's great about this is this is yet another story where there are really no villains. There are just there are there are no rogues as Mm -hmm. such. And other than the Joker, there are no rogues galleries in this story. It's just but there are villains, obviously. and, And 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 still things are not always so cut and dry because, again, you see everyone's perspective and Wonder Woman certainly has a perspective which you know I you know you can probably appreciate you know you probably see where she's coming from which is you know again, we've said this before you know we we have how many times do we need to fight the same guys before we you know before we start doing some permanent damage
0: uh-huh.
1: can these people really be saved probably not so why are we trying let's just get rid of them and be done with this she they,
0: she has an evil side to her i'll say evil yeah. but she def- has this like I think at one point Superman refers to her as the diplomat, mm-hmm. which we did Hikatea. That's kind of like all she was throughout that uh, you know throughout that book, where she was a, a, a diplomat. And,
1: and the Greg Rucka run on on I told I said before the Greg Rucka run on on Wonder Woman drove me up the wall. I'm like, doesn't she have a foil of bank robbery? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's she's this emissary, you know, this this diplomatic figure, and she's kind of that here, where you know, she's the she's kind of like the mouthpiece, the person that. And sometimes, just uh, you know, she could dispel any type of craziness that's going on. You know, she can kind of talk instead of putting her fists up. She can do it if she needs to, but she would rather use her words to try and resolve a situation. <laughs> use your, your words. Use your use words. words. The thing is, there is a side to her that's explored through this series, or at least these six issues. I think there was one point where you know, they they've, they talk about her love for Superman because she loves. She has a, you know, a, a deep affection for oh, Superman.
1: She loves Superman. She wants to have 10,000 of his babies. <laughs>
0: 10,000 <a> of them. <laughs> she loves them. There's a there's a story, a short, where she's talking to Ares, uh, God of War, and that comes up. There, Ares fears the union between Superman and Wonder Woman and what the offspring would be like, I would assume. They would just become this... Pardon the pun, but power couple.
1: (laughs) Without like a kryptonite bullet, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you kill Superman?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then, and she doesn't, I don't think, I don't know if one woman has any vulnerabilities i i don't know what can kill wonder woman i mean she i know she's the the amazons are not immortal but they certainly do live for a long time and they're 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 not easy to kill and i think in some iterations wonder woman is bulletproof
0: well in this iteration she is for sure Mm -hmm. uh there's a point during that little short where they're firing on her and the bullets are bouncing off her face so she's she's got that yeah she's damn powerful uh she's right. she's gone up against superman before i believe and but the thing the, is at
1: least in the movie they made you know they made them uh you know vulnerable to to everyday weapons i mean yeah she's stronger and everything but if she got shot in the face she'd die yeah, you know, yeah. They, they, they you know the germans killed a lot of good amazons that day
0: yes they did <laughs> like i said she uses her words now the thing is is that there's a point, and this we're talking about this next, but I'm, I'm bringing it up now. After the whole altercation with Aquaman, where she... Aquaman looks at her and says, you know, tell Superman that I'm sorry about what happened with Lois. And they make it a point to where afterwards Superman is sitting there talking to her and he goes "He goes, so, you know, it's not like Arthur to not say much afterwards. Did he have anything else to say? Something along those lines. She looks at him straight faced and says nope, didn't have anything to say. Now that is some conniving bullshit right there. <laughs>
1: uh, Typical the woman stuff. They don't want you to hang out with your friends.
0: <laughs> she's setting something up there or she's just, what do you think's going on there? Why wouldn't she tell? Oh, it's, it's a control thing. Okay. It's absolutely
1: about control. You know, if, if she can convince Clark that if Superman, that he's alone, you know, that, you know, only, nobody, understands nobody understands him. Nobody understands him except his woman. Uh-huh. And she's looking to be that woman. Now, you know, she, she is looking to be the look, she's looking for a certain degree of control but she's not superman only superman is superman yeah. but if she can get in his ear then by then by proxy she gets to be in control
0: yeah i there there was a little bit made up about how she wanted him to be the the judge jury and executioner that he was becoming the guy that could say okay enough is enough and it's time for a change owen hart i'm not a nugget <laughs> but it it was I think that was my take from it is that she was wanting to be like, okay, well, I don't want anything to soften his resolve. He he needs that death of Lois to feed off of the less sympathy that he gets for it. The more hardened that he'll become.
1: Right. I think, you know, if, if he, again, if he feels isolated, if he feels alone, like nobody gets us, nobody understands me, he's more likely to stick to it than, you know, someone trying to understand, like, you know, Clark, we see where you're coming from, we totally understand, but if if there's nobody really doing that, and, then, and he's just feeling like nobody gets me, you're right, he's just going to, his his resolve will be hardened, and he's just going to, like, stubbornly stay on the path. hmm
0: uh anything else about Wonder Woman before we talk about the running with Aquaman?
1: Just huge boobs.
0: boobies
1: all of them her harley quinn just ridiculous boobs (laughs) i don't i don't understand what the artists were trying to say here Mm, 90s image i'm telling you um i i you know it's funny i say that because like if you ever watch you know like the may young classic on on wwe network you know or or even just like just an episode of raw smackdown a lot of these women don't have huge chests you know like they're they're big muscular women but they're not particularly chesty then you read the comic book and they're just like they're six feet tall and they're triple e boobs yeah dude it's ridiculous who's drawing this shit
0: uh that is your prototypical 90s male machismo oozing all over the comic page sometimes uh <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that's not the greatest uh descriptor but yeah that if you could find uh, an x-men issue that didn't have some sort of torn clothing That Jim Lee did, or an X Force issue uh, that uh, that Liefeld did, torn clothing on a woman, or some very very large amount of cleavage. I mean, you want to look it in the right spot.
1: Well, I love what like Harley Quinn's wearing. You know, like she's basically wearing ribbons holding up her boobs, and it's like you're a gymnast who who who's going to be in a fight. Like, have you ever seen women (laughs) prepared to do anything physical? Sports bra. Have you bra? I just think of one Woman when she. She's, you know she's walking through the um she's she's walking they're trying to get her some clothes and the whole point is so that she'll fit in you know be inconspicuous while walking around London us to get get to where they need to be and she's like and she's not getting that so she thinks like they're there to buy like you know armor or whatever and she's like how do you fight in this <laughs> you don't
0: uh all right Okay, well, let's talk about the run in with Aquaman. Real short, or, real, sh- I don't know, it was about three issues or so where Aquaman uh, decided to kind of try to flex his muscle.
1: Oh, this is great because you can really sum this up in one sentence. <laughs> like, do what I say, or, I'm unle- or I'll unleash the Kraken. I'll just put Atlantis in the
0: desert. <laughs> You win. I'm good. I'll be good. Uh, we'll we'll see each other next time. Just put, put Atlantis back. Yeah, it's, it's not that in-depth, but it just kind of, again, shows you, like, where's Aquaman throughout all this? Oh, he's down being, he's busy being the king of Atlantis until he decides that maybe things aren't going so well in the surface world. He tries to make himself known, and then Superman, again, puts him in his place. Really, the, the big factor is... When they moved Atlantis, I I can't remember. I think Superman says that Green Lantern wasn't Green Lantern wasn't too keen on the idea. And I think he mentioned somebody else as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, So it's another it's another kind of cog in the wheel to show you that a lot of people aren't as pleased with the actions that Superman is taking. Removing a city from the bottom of the sea people who live in water and putting it in the desert now granted there was a dome over so the people in it's not like everybody died ladies and gentlemen right you know he but he still did it to prove a point and that didn't sit well with a lot of the people a lot of the members of the justice i think
1: what he needed to do was go down there use his heat ray just zap everybody the next frame you just see him eating fish and chips
0: just boil them all alive. Yeah, you know, he's got Have the, some baby he, back he's,
1: ribs. He's got he's got the trident in the background and like some other like Aquaman stuff just lying around. Aquaman's head's like mounted on something. You know, really really be gruesome.
0: Uh yeah. all right, so let's move on. I think we've only got a couple other people to they're bit players and I'll just get your opinion on them. Uh, the the Flash was kind of a bit player here, but I think he's going to be an important player at some point.
1: Yeah, as the series continues, there's definitely more focus on some of the other characters. This, I mean, obviously, this is this is Superman's descent into hell, but you know, along the way, you have the Green Lanterns corpse, and you know, I think in year three they deal with Constantine. You know, so there's always oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's a great series. It's, it's actually one. Well, I, I collected it for a long time and I just, you know, I got out of it. I'm going to have to go back now and get the trades and get myself completely caught up because it was a really fun series. And like, we're like every year. I mean, again, you know what the end point is going to be. It's kind of like the, the prequel trilogies, uh, Star Wars. But the, the ride getting there is a lot of fun and there's a lot of twists and turns and Superman isn't always winning awesome
0: so the flash just real quick to kind of give his little bit of a story arc uh batman tries to kind of sway him or win him over by showing him an event i think that happened down in australia where there's a protest going on i believe it's against what superman is doing so a bunch of citizens and uh potential superpower beings come out to protest uh the rule of superman and superman and Wonder Woman are there during that presentation when some guy in a golden suit, I can't remember what they called him, Galaxor, I think it was his name.
1: Galaxor, yeah.
0: Galaxor shows up and he says, no, you guys go home. And at about that time, Superman and Wonder Woman lay down the law on this guy by picking him up and tossing him to the ground, instantly paralyzing this dude. Uh, So they had a show of force and it was You know, it's not like this guy was powering up his weapons or anything. Hey,
1: hey Jesse, Jesse, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Why should it go well? (laughs)
0: why should it goes well i have no idea but yeah this guy gets laid out his his spine's broken
1: it didn't go well
0: it did not go well for him but batman kind of gets in flash's ear and says hey real quick why don't you head down to where this guy came from and uh talk to somebody there and they go he goes and like finds this lab and it turns out galaxor was a huge fan of the flash had all, all his pictures up on the wall uh and batman used that to make a point like hey look they're 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 breaking heroes. They're they're putting the people that believe in us in you know onto the ground and, and crushing them. So I thought that was neat. Again, just like you said, it, it's going to play into it later. I mean, anything else on the Flash?
1: No, I mean that little bit was was good and it was enough.
0: necessary. I think it was necessary. Yeah, uh, well, I think
1: about- it, I think it showed. I think it was a good example about how I think people believed. In the mission, but didn't always necessarily think they were going about it the right way.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one of them. He's probably one of those ones that are on the fence for sure about what's going on and what Superman and Wonder Woman are doing. And it's Batman making a play. It's kind of obvious that that's the case.
1: Well, I mean, you're going to you're going to see that, you know, as, as people start to pick sides. And, you know, there are de- there are definitely some that that think. You know Superman's completely in the wrong, and they're willing to join Batman and put up the good fight. The, the Batman side is seriously underwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, is, man. At the end over, this. Overwhelmed or rather underwhelming.
0: Yeah, um, at the end of this, I remember they were like checking out some other possible recruits. The most powerful of them was the Atom. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he had the Huntress there, I believe. He had Batgirl. I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> not not too many of those guys are going to last a few minutes against. Uh, some of these guys, but Batman, you never can underestimate him. You cannot well, that's underestimate
1: him. Like, again, it's what he lacks in the ability to produce brute force, he makes up for in being able to outthink you.
0: Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, and again, it's another bit player, but bit players, if you will, Green Arrow and Harley. What, what's your yeah.
1: thought? Oh, this was adorable.
0: <laughs> it was, uh, wasn't it?
1: You know, first of all, uh, and, and again, this this goes without saying. Nobody, nobody would <laughs> have to justify a fake mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, it's good stuff. I mean i know harley quinn you know the character gets a lot of shit from people for being basically like this the sex puppet you know the, the kind of figure and it's like oh god you know so harley quinn is chick deadpool but at this point that's what a lot of people say this just like you know she's she's overused and overblown you know what started out as a fun little side character for the joker sidekick for the joker has just become this cosplay phenomenon mm-hmm. you know
0: over-sexualized. for
1: over sexualized for girls of all shapes and sizes to throw one across that and get a little crazy but i really enjoy the harley quinn character i think she's great you know i told you one of the favorite books that i've read of last year was the mini series of power girl and um and harley quinn yeah. or as i like to call it boobs are us um <laughs> do, you do you like I- boobs read power girl
0: um Power, the old Power Girl boob window. That's, uh, that's a yeah. staple in her costume. Yeah,
1: very, very fitting for somebody who's going to be fighting people.
0: Harley is an unwitting, she's a villain. She had her hand in what happened to Lois at the beginning. When she found out that Lois was pregnant, I have a strange sneaking suspicion that she probably wasn't on board for all that.
1: You know, I, I think with, with the way that her and the Joker operate is she goes along with his schemes because she loves him. And, you know, he's, he's this mad, he's this artist, basically, you know, and no, nobody understands him, but his woman, you know, as I said before, and so she she sees the in the Joker, this sort of like haunted artist, she's willing to go along with his machinations, because of it, but I think she often finds herself questioning what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, she, it, she has some difficulties finding, finding that balance between making him happy and going along with his crazy ideas and being true to herself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, she loses her significant other after Superman kills him. Uh, She she loses the Joker. That's Uh, probably the weakest part of this for me is like
1: the Joker was her everything. Yeah. And and she they don't really spend a lot of time with her reaction to it. She should have been like broken and
0: grieving. And
1: yeah, like I would have gone with catatonic. OK, her whole reason, yeah, true. Her whole reason for <laughs> living is gone.
0: Mr. J, Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and she ends up finding uh, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, a strange relationship occurs. I mean, I remember reading some of the issues after this, and I believe they become an item, don't they?
1: Um, I know they, they connect in some way. I, oh, okay, you know,
0: all right. I couldn't yeah. remember if they actually become like a love interest or or. I don't remember. Wrong. Okay, I honestly, don't remember. Well, again, it was a it was. Well, a I think he's gonna story. buy
1: it later on. I feel like I, I feel like at some point Green Arrow is gonna die. He's gonna get killed by one of the heroes.
0: Oh no! Well, you, you can't help but feel for Harley <laughs> Quinn a little bit. All right,
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> I dude, I can't remember how far I read. I don't think I. I think I read the. F- First year, maybe, or at least a good portion of the first year. Uh, but I, I kind of, I got into other things after that. Uh, so yeah, I like that little side story, Green Arrow and Harley Quinn. Enjoyed it a good bit, and, and you know, it was kind of silly because, <laughs> you know, Green Arrow, Green Arrow, accidentally. Happens upon the whole thing at Arkham Asylum when mm-hmm. he's bringing Harley Quinn's ass back to it. <laughs> right, and <laughs> then like... she,
1: and then she again unwittingly participates in the murder of Nightwing because she's the one that let out all the criminals. Oh,
0: that's right. She that Led to that fight. Wow, wow. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and give our final thoughts. I don't really have anything else to touch on unless you do.
1: No, I really think we we covered this pretty well. Look, it's a great story. I wish we I didn't realize when I booked this on the schedule and then bought the trade that the trade only covered the first six issues. I mean, well, a lot of trades do that, so I shouldn't have been too surprised. So depending on, ju- just don't do what I did. It, it, you got to look carefully at, the, at these trades when you're in the store. There's volumes and then there's years if you if you look at them and they say the complete year then that's like all 12 issues or however many issues were in that particular year it's one complete story from beginning to end and like, like i said one year deals with mysticism and constantine another year another year deals entirely with the green lantern's core you know so we've only done half the year with what we covered tonight because when i bought the trade i did not realize it was only half the year, but, you know, and the, and the whole full year is available in one trade. You just got to not do what I did and pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, uh, so we don't get to see like the beginnings of the revolution. Um, You don't get to see Batman. You don't get to see Superman break Batman's back. Um,
0: oh, <laughs> when, you're shitting me. That happens. No, yeah. Nice. You, you really got
1: to finish. It. Like yeah, if you get a chance, just, like I don't know if we're ever going to cover the rest of this, but go, go finish just on your own. Go finish it. Cause that's how it ends it ends with Superman breaking back. Oh, that's so
0: fucking awesome.
1: If I remember correctly,
0: that is, see that's, that is why I think stories like this could thrive in a, in a great environment with good writing. Tom Taylor, again, does a good job. And that whole breaking of the bats back is that's, that's an homage to comics history. Yep. Uh, and it, you, and it incorporates that into here. That's so great.
1: So, um, so we're doing this for, in case people are wondering, what are we synergizing with this week? ready player one if you're now if you're listening to us live on jesse's youtube channel ready player one comes out this friday um actually it might might be coming out this wednesday if i remember correctly it might like a day early but we'll be reviewing it a week from this tuesday on damn you hollywood so we're gonna do an ode to video games all week long so we'll have this show in its edited format up on the Rattledrum Broadcasting Network on Spreaker on Monday on Tuesday we'll review uh, Ready Player One on Wednesday the Metal Hammer of Dooms getting in the act we're going to review a power the very first Power Glove album so that'll be fun and then Thursday assuming Sean isn't in the middle of a Twitch something or other which is what happened on last Thursday <laughs> we did not have it on trial for two
0: let's make sure we clarify when we say Twitch we mean the platform Twitch uh, that's similar to YouTube where you can watch people play games not just like having a seizure or something no no no, sean
1: was not (laughs) sean was not in the midst of a medical emergency as i know that i'm aware of at least
0: he's having a twitch
1: (laughs) no sean sean was doing something gaming and he did not realize that we had something set up for that day i guess So, no Tomb Raider. That's fine. we move on to the next thing. We will be looking at the old Disney classic, the original Tron. Not Tron Legacy. The original Tron. Oh, boy. And uh, one of us will be prosecuting, one of us will be defending, and then... um, that's it for uh for the week that this airs on the network this week if you're listening again if you're listening live uh let's go back to my calendar if you're listening live we've got our pacific rim review tomorrow robert winfrey comes back i promise you'll hear both of us this time (laughs) as uh advertised by the metal hammer of doom extra we've got the sword And then on Thursday uh, at gunpoint, Ronnie Adams is going to host his own damn show. And we're going to talk about the rise and fall of Toys R Us. Um, Now, this weekend, Metal Hammer of Doom Extra, if I can find the individual singles that were put out by Power Glove on YouTube, we'll probably do those as Metal Hammer of Doom Extras. So this year, 2018, Power Glove decided to, to put out an album, but like one single at a time. I have to do a little bit more research on this. But basically, instead of putting out a whole album at once, they just put out a series of singles Under the uh, album title, continue with a question mark. Hmm. So if I can actually find all those, then we'll take a look at a couple of them this weekend to promote the uh, Metal Hammer of Doom review of Power Glove Metal Combat for Mortal Men.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, so we've got final thoughts. Your final thoughts and plugs are done. So it's my turn. I'm going to give you my final thoughts on this uh, real quickly, and then we'll get into my plugs. We'll get out of here. Uh, So, yes, (laughs) Injustice. The first six issues of this series are probably some of the most phenomenal uh, comic book uh, experience that I had in quite a while. Uh, There was a time where I, I used to grab comics and I'd read them on my phone when I was hanging out upstairs waiting for my son to go to sleep. And this was one of the ones I killed time by reading just happened upon it. Now, it didn't even I don't even know if I knew it was a game cuz I went into it thinking, eh, it's going to be a this this series is going to influence the game." I didn't realize even though it probably set it on the cover of the freaking issue by the makers of Mortal Kombat uh, based on the video game. But either way, that says a lot. Again, this is a comic book that is that is based off of a video game and it tells a tremendous story and there is as I've already said at the beginning, this was a story that was told very well by Tom Taylor had me on the edge of my seat with all the twists and the turns and what's going to happen next. Uh, so I would highly recommend if you have not had the chance to read it. Yeah, we've spoiled it, but there's nothing like going through it and reading it uh, and actually watching it unfold in, in, in front of your face, because there is the, the art to this and the moments that are, that accentuate this story are, even though I, I, I kind of, uh, I didn't exactly give the art high remarks. It gets the point across. It does a good job. Uh, so, so yes, uh, I absolutely would recommend it to somebody. If they have the chance, check it out, especially if you're a fan of the game. You, you want to know what happens before? Grab these books. All right, so as for my plugs, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Radulich In Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. Source Material does have a Facebook page, so if you want to check that out, just type in Source Material up in the search bar. You should be able to find our page pretty easily. I think it goes by the Source Material, or no, Please. Source Material Comics Podcast.
1: Leave those comments, ladies and gentlemen. We love them.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Please do. Let us know what you think think uh and i don't think there's any way for me to mute the comments on facebook <laughs> i can delete them i can delete them i may very well do so you jerks uh but no uh, um you know feel free we 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 put on a we we think we put on a good show here for you so if you enjoyed yourself let us know uh, other than that i think that's it my name's jesse starcher that is mark radlich thank you all for joining us on our coverage of issues one through six of Injustice year one. Have a good one. I'm going to save it because I want to, I want to talk, I've got here's what's going to happen. When I do the synopsis, I'm synopsis, I'm synopsis see what steps I don't know what the plural or whatever the hell that word is, past tense. Do
1: me a favor, try, try synopsis, the plural of synopsis again.
0: <laughs> Synopsisize? I'm buried in Killarney. <laughs> uh, put in a, an, ex- an exclamation point. Let's try it again. I'm
1: buried again. In Killarney. <laughs> um. And, uh, um See, it's okay. No, no. Okay. Ah, the
0: Phantom Zone's not a nice place. Is it? I mean, no, <laughs> you get turned into a, 2- a 2D album cover and you float through space. It's not fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't, don't want to be an LP.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: ah.
0: We talked about Iraq. What else do you think about Wonder Woman here?
1: You know, when he first said that, I was just like, yeah, we talked about it. We talked about Iraq like, like 20
0: minutes ago. <laughs> no. Iraq. Correct. 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 Correct.
1: Got it. Ah. Hong Kong, Coey and Black Lightning, bitches. Woo! That's Jab, Jab, Jabba, Jaws, Jabba, Jaws. Every
0: Saturday morning on the USA Cartoon Express. These yep, are the greatest yep, shock yep, you ever saw. You ever saw.
1: Yuck, 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 yuck.
0: That's a titty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to find that on YouTube and send it to you. Although I, I don't know if I have the... Uh... I hope we get lots of comments. <laughs> oh,
1: goodness. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back.